there's a stillness to the air. The wind that blew so fiercely just a couple of weeks ago has come to a standstill, leaving a stagnation to everything around us. It feels as though we've been holding place for a long time, with nothing showing any indications of movement. We need something to spur us to action, something to resolve this long, slow period of stagnation. It also feels as though the answers are just outside of our field of vision, waiting for us to call to them. I am calling from Elm Lake. We are mere weeks away from this year's Moon Festival, and I haven't been able to touch base with Jorge Sanchez for quite some time now. Anytime I've stopped by his home, he's been away, or at least not answering my calls. I don't think I did anything to bother him, or at least if I did, it isn't something he's willing to talk about. I'm just trying to figure out if I have a part to play in the Moon Festival. It's such a big celebration. I would hate to think I wasn't carrying my weight. I've been the master of ceremonies before, although I believe that this year, there was consideration about making that an honorary position. I certainly hope it doesn't go to Marissa Stevens this year because an MC should speak and she barely does. I've also tried to reach Jonas Tompkins to get insider information as to whatever the Elm Lake Improvisational Quartet is planning. He's been cagey in years past, but I feel like he and I have a rapport now. We've broken bread, shared hot cocoa, Jonas and I are friends, and there's no reason for him to hide whatever this year's performance will be. However, every time I've tried to talk to him, he's muttered something about needing to head to the glass eye, looking for just the right props for whatever he's putting together. He also did mention something about a Greek chorus, but come on, Jonas chorus? When you're simply a quartet? There's no way that anyone will buy that. Thinking about the glass eye, and 
I just can't quite put my finger on exactly what they're doing. How can they consider themselves a successful business? I mean, unless I'm missing the mark, they've only had one person make a purchase so far, and they've given away just as much as they've sold. Emilia has been largely hiding inside of her home ever since she was seen walking away with whatever it was she had bundled up in her arms. I never really struck Amelia as a doll type, but, well, maybe I stand mistaken. Unless there's something else to what the glass eye is creating, but that sounds ridiculous. They're a doll shop, at least to all appearances. Why would anyone even assume anything different? I noticed that Amelia hadn't been by the shop in quite some time. I do hope she's happy with what she walked out with. She did discover it after all, and it was barely clearly marked as hers. Riz and I noticed it missing after her time here, so we can only assume that it found the correct owner. I would truly hate to think that someone else had walked away with it. After all... Things tend to go a little sideways when the original recipient is not the intended recipient. But I'm sure everything is okay. And that Amelia has exactly what was meant for her. This means that we get to start plotting out for our next acquisition. There are numerous people in Elm Lake that we can reach have to follow the correct path. We can't skip past any of the pieces. There is an order to these things. I've tried for years to point that out to Riz because she just gets so eager. She wants to make that connection with everyone and she wants to do it as quickly as possible. Her excitement is wonderful to be adjacent to, but I do need to keep her calmer much excitement, she will lose focus. If she loses focus, then we may have to move again. Ugh, it's happened before. For now, though, I'm enjoying what we've already done. Our next recipient will come to me on the correct time. Until then, I have my teas and some biscuits. They have been regular friends. <laughs> there are also breakfast sandwiches, but those aren't for me. They aren't for Riz, either. They're just energy. And energy must be consumed. It doesn't do to ask too many questions. What are they doing? What is their plan? How are they finding their customers? How are they getting their supplies? These are questions that have been plaguing me for quite some time. 
I know I shouldn't be so curious, but I've always been on the search for answers. That's what brought me back to Elm Lake in the first place. That's why I keep finding things to put into my basket. That's probably why I keep wandering back to this broadcast studio, in times when it is otherwise dark, to get my thoughts into a more coherent and recorded format. It's nice, honestly, to have this sort of a safe space. I've watched Anthony get excited chasing down different concepts, trying to find his own set of answers. He doesn't seem to be any closer than I am, and he doesn't even have a basket to keep track of any clues. He just has his thoughts, which, as we all know, are terribly fallible. A man's thoughts can betray not only him, but the reality he surrounded himself with, and anything he holds dear. The fact that Anthony continues to trust in his thoughts makes him susceptible to them going astray, or to causing him to chase down rabbit holes that have no importance or meaning. That's why I haven't been worrying myself with the upcoming Moon Festival, or the new shop in town. No, my questions revolve around the Owl's Nest. There doesn't seem to be any sort of transit or delivery of goods happening, but they always have all of the materials they need to produce the breakfast sandwiches that I love so much. More to the point, the sandwiches are always practically identical, down to the precise cut, which shouldn't be possible when I've watched Lorraine make them daily. These are questions that plague me, and I need to chase down the answers. Once I've solved these questions, I'll move on to the Glass Eye, or the Moon Festival, or how Anthony discovered this studio in the first place. In the meantime, this riddle of time and space looms before me, in the same way that today's breakfast sandwich looms before me. I'll just take small bites out of each to get to the bottom of all things. I was wondering how long it would be before our next recipient made themselves known. I certainly did not expect him. Nor did I expect that he'd be walking out having purchased multiple dolls. People only ever need one. But this man clearly needed a grouping of them. He seemed pleased at least. I'm sure he's found exactly what he's looking for even if he wasn't aware of it at the time. Speaking of looking for, I have seen the young woman Jenny continuing to wander out near our doors. The thing that confuses me is that she doesn't seem to be taking any interest in what we're doing. Nobody has ever been able to fully ignore us before. So I'm not sure what makes her so special. Well, I'm going to have to do some research, I think. I could ask Riz to do it. But she isn't always as gentle as I want her to be. Again, her exuberance gets the better of her. And I'll get those needed answers. Without asking too many questions.
good news, listeners. I've finally been able to get in touch with the organizers for the Moon Festival. Jorge has some big plans and has been actively working to make sure that the rides and games and food offerings reflect his newest theme. Of course, he won't tell me his theme, saying that the best way to truly experience a moon festival is through the veil of surprise. It was so ridiculous, I almost asked if he was planning on stealing the moon. What a ludicrous concept that would be. I could tell just by looking at him that it would have been wrong to even suggest such a thing. Besides, who would steal the moon? That's some seriously comic book supervillainy, and we clearly don't live in a comic book. I also ran into Jonas. He was leaving the glass eye and had a large bundle in his arms. It looked wrapped in a similar way to whatever Angus had, but it definitely had a different shape. He let me walk with him for a bit, but didn't talk directly to me. He instead seemed intent to talk to his bundle, to whisper things to it. I caught him saying things about upcoming rehearsals and needing to make sure that all of the lines and blocking were exactly correct. He spoke breathlessly about setting the correct scenes and needing to keep the audience engaged. He even spoke about the writers and authors, which seems so counterintuitive for an improvisational quartet. But I can't really speak to that, as I've never truly been a performer. Anyway, Jonas at least had a flash of excitement in the time I spent with him. And he did tell me that the big debut was just around the corner. Maybe the Moon Festival will feature even more than we thought. And maybe Angus and Amelia will bring their acquisitions out as well, so we can all see what they've done. I guess the festival will just keep us waiting. As always, the audience is waiting. Calling from Elm Lake, episode 32, Second Purchase, was written and produced by Sean Monahan. The voice of Elm Lake is Sean Monahan. The voice of Jenny Fowler is Emma Sala. The voice of Samantha Brower is Malia Hansen. Opening and closing themes written and performed by Sean Monahan. All other music written and performed by Matt McInnes. Find out more at machinismusic.com. Thank you for listening to our ongoing tale. If you've enjoyed our stories so far, please leave a rating and review. Word of mouth will help us continue to grow and unfold new tales within our universe. You can also join us at www.patreon.com slash callingfromelmlake to help support us as independent artists carving out our own space in this creative world. 
to reach the creators of Elm Lake, simply find us on social media and send us a message. We'd love to hear from our fans. Anticipation is a force that can drive us forward, teasing us with things that we may experience and hope for. It can promise treats, or it can bear a threat of tricks. Too much anticipation can sour a potential experience, leaving us with a promise of things that could never come to pass. Too little, and we won't have the drive to get there. The right balancing act, and we can find moments that truly live up to our wildest dreams.